Good morning, fellow Gooners, to another episode of a Totally Arsenal podcast. I'm your host, Mornay, and my co-host, as usual, Aiden. Um, I would like to take also this time to pass on my condolences from the boat of from the two of us to the Yieldwood family on the passing of Sir Peter Yieldwood, Arsenal, former Arsenal chairman, and um, uh, you know, Arsenal man through and through. He will always be remembered as leading Arsenal to the David Dean and Arsene Wenger era. Okay, so back to the podcast. Do you have anything to say, Aiden? I just want to say, don't forget that George Graham, wasn't he part of that two-stock successful editors of George Graham and Wenger? I know you mentioned Wenger, but wasn't he also in charge of the old George Graham? Yeah, regime so it's like a whole family is, you know, involved in the club. So, you know, it's like a real... Like the Yulwood family are, you know, almost like an Arsenal family. They started, the, you know, really pushed on from the early year already. But okay, back to the podcast. Um, we're going to discuss the Burnley game, which we played last Saturday. Uh, as you predicted, it was a tough game. Uh, Burnley had already set out, you know, to stifle whatever we were going to throw at them. So what was your take on matters in the match? First of all, I actually would have thought that the team to play after our last two games we had against Southampton and Spurs would have been a Burnley because I feel that we should have taken the three points easier than we did. But I do think in the beginning of the game, there was some sloppy play. We got the three points, but there was nothing much to write home about. Yes, we're going to you know, go through the points of the game. But I think we should have put them more to the sword and not allowed them actually back into the game with sloppy finishing once again. Excuse me, and I just want to interrupt you. Um, is your phone close to the laptop because it's making a pulsating sound in my ear? No, not at all. Okay. Um, with regards to the match, uh, the opening solvers were, you know, more played like a basketball game. A case of you attack, we attack. Uh, was a bit hectic or frenetic in the beginning. Uh, from the 12th minute on, Arsenal started you know, getting their foot on the ball, started dictating a bit more. And uh, the breakthrough ca- came uh, with Ozil making his return also to the squad again after his uh, injury. Um, a fantastic ball by Mesut that allowed Kolasinic to come in on the blind side and cut the ball back for Aubameyang to roll in with the outside of his foot. We, we took a deserved 1-0 lead. Um, as much as Burnley weathered the storm, you know, the breakthrough was going to come. So, you know, it was solid from us, you know, pressing on and, 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 and pushing them, you know, to the point where they, you know, buckled. Um Montreal then got injured midway in the so late in the first half, which was again quite disappointing because you know just when you thought he's going to get now a run of games, uh, he was I don't know I don't know if he's now you know with with Emery being now under pressure now with especially you know the defensive problems yeah. we've so far, he doesn't like we're pushing our our players who already as you said last week in the red zone we're almost like pushing them even further now. Because look, we've we possibly now have lost him now for another game or two games again. So you know, it really makes one think. You know, 
do does he still see you know this season out and beyond at Arsenal, or is this probably also another one where you can also say curtains will be drawn in his Arsenal career for after the season? I think at this point it's looking like you know this could be the end of his uh, tenure at Arsenal because. I can't see him carrying on like this. I mean, we don't have a solid left back. Yes, we have Kalasinac, but he's more of a wing back. So he doesn't suit us going with four at the back. So I think at the end of this season, we need to weigh up our options and start probably now in January weighing up who we're going to sign in the summer. Because, mm. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's not like you can actually form a, a short list already of who you see, you know, at the exit door already come either January or even. Uh, you know, in the summer again, summer 2019. Um, as back to the game again, uh, we started the second half somewhat sloppy. And then almost like against the run of play, Gwendozi wins the ball on the edge of our box, plays a perfect through wall for Kolasinac, you know, always bombing yeah. up the left flank. He cuts the ball infield to Lacazette. Lacazette glances up, sees... Obama running into a pocket of space there on the edge of the, the Burnley box, plays the ball to him, and Obama just leathers the ball into the top corner past Joe Hart. Yeah, those are quite a ruthless finish after all the times being on Obama case. I think this game, he took his chances relatively well that, that he got. But, but you know, even with regard you know, to the, the uh, you know the way we now played second half, or actually the, the, the match in general, you know, even at 2-0, you know, we're still looking vulnerable. I mean, it's really, you know, becoming worrying. Like, even at a 2 0, like, if you take, say, um, I'm trying to think of teams on form, like Tottenham or Liverpool, if they go two up, you know, there's no, uh, some like damage limitation in the after. Yeah. You know, you're going to get over. Yeah. But uh, with us, it's like, you know, teams are still thinking we can have a go at them. I mean, we, we we gave him Burnley a sniff, and that's what happened with Ashley Barnes with a, a whole mix-up with Xhaka uh, and Torreira. And then I was, I was really shocked at that. I mean, you know, uh, Torreira has been our Mister Reliable for majority of the first half an hour of the season. But I mean, to see indecision like that in the box—I mean, it's not like outside or midfield or whatever. You know, dilly dallying on the ball, like you know, just getting the ball out because. I think it was all over the place. I think at one point, Lichsteiner ended up sliding in and missing the tackle. The ball gets ping-ponged around in the box. And then, of course, as you said now, Torreira and Xhaka just staring at each other. The ball breaks loose to, to Barnes and he smashes past Leno. Yeah, and I mean, we spoke about Ashley Barnes and, you know, finds and makes himself a nuisance and actually um, makes chances for himself. And they also said, like, set pieces was going to be a, an Achilles heel at Arsenal will suffer from and I mean that it was a, it was a silly silly goal to give away with the communication and I mean you, you you can't be doing that I mean it's Burnley I mean we did that against Burnley but you can get punished way more if it happens um, against another top side I mean if you I don't know I don't think you messaged me privately as well with Al Nini the way he was giving the ball away on like you know at all I think you know that, I think that's again the, the case of of um and then you're now not playing regular football. So it's almost like when he comes in, he does not know, do I play, am I going to be adventurous or am I going to be, you know, play almost like within myself? Because 
At times, I'm thinking he gets the ball, you know, get your head up, turn towards the opposition goal, and what he'll do is he'll stop the ball, but then he'll play the safe pass back or he'll play the safe pass to the sideways. He's not going to, you know, be a driving force going forward. And, you know, that said, with regards to that style of play, not, not, not just him, I mean, there are others as well in the squad doing that. But, yeah, yeah, you sense that frustration. I don't know if you also heard, if you crank the, the volume up also at home, you can actually hear those groans in the stadium. You know, when, when we're not being that you know positive going forward, we're just, you know, trying to play the safety ball to the back. And you actually, like, uh, there was also one moment where, I mean, the, the, the Emirates Stadium really made itself heard because we had a free kick in the burn off and we ended up... Uh, I don't know how it, the ball broke, but instead of going forward or hitting the ball into the box, you know, attacking, we ended up playing a ball to the back, uh, to the uh, halfway line. And from the halfway line, the ball got played straight to Ben Leno. And, I mean, you could see the crowd were bemused, like, of what was going on. But for me in this game, I think if Socrates wasn't there, I, I, I think we would have probably lost this game. I, I genuinely think it was, um, Socrates made some late or last deep tackles a few times, which yeah, stopped them from yeah, coming in. I agree. So I do feel that that there a lot of things need to be sorted out. I mean, I mean to struggle against a struggling Burnley side at the Emirates for me is alarm bells going off. And I mean, it's it's also not the case of uh, you know we were now totally outclassed. It's not like we allowed ourselves to be bossed around because we are not showing that confidence of you know this is our home ground. This is how we're going to take the game to you because you know you know there were uh, there was also a moment in the game where. Even when we got that eventual third in injury time, there still was that, you know, uh, Burnley in the summer make it 3 2 even. And I mean, there was like barely minutes on the clock. And, but, you know, it's like every time a ball breaks towards our goal, you're thinking, oh no, is this going to be the one that's going to, you know, the, yeah. the broke the camel's back type of thing? Because we, <laughs> are just not, we, we keep on. Allowing these sloppy little—I mean, it's like there's no focus, you know, where you need somebody just to show up. Everything. Look, Socrates is doing his, but but you know, whoever's playing alongside him or in front of him, because you know, I know people might now disagree or not like what I'm going to say now. But I mean, for me, why did we buy Torreira if he's more in the opposition box and off at the moment? Yeah, he's, he's, he's com- I don't know, it's been since, I don't know, even since his goal he's got, or if it was slightly before then, it could have been the Bournemouth game even, where he, he's just starting to now venture forward. I mean, I'm not saying don't venture forward, but he used to be that anchor between the, like almost the more attacking mid and the defence. He was the protection there, but now he's caught up there on the edge of their big box every time. So I don't know what's this new thing that they're trying, if it's a new tactic or if he's just losing discipline. I mean, what I don't understand with this whole, the way the thing is playing out, we are already brittle in defense. And now you've got us playing something like Gwendozi, Xhaka, uh, Torreira, but there's nobody protecting the defense. So every time we're getting outdone with a route one ball, you yes. find Xhaka and, and, and Torreira on the edge of the box. Gwendozi doesn't have that much you know, turn of pace. And then he's being caught out and having to defend against two or three people breaking against us and our defenders are also uh, being pushed so high up the field they don't know it's not like they have the legs to recover 
And I think that's the reason why we're playing Xhaka, Quintos, and Torreira. I think is so that we allow the fullbacks to get freedom, but then those three need to make sure that they cover that gaps that's being left there. It's not their job to also go and join the attack. They need to see what gaps they can fill. I mean, you know, my uh, my thinking is especially like, you know, you have a home form, you've got the away form. And I'm just thinking, look, when we're at home, you need to be a bit more adventurous. I'm not saying we go reckless or go out, um, out. But, I mean, you don't need the two holding mids type of thing. Then you have somebody like, say, Ramsey in there to be a bit more creative. And add because, look, he's, he's not somebody who's going to be pushed off the ball and stuff like that. He's quite a strong mid. But, I mean, he's at least creative. He's thinking about, you know, scoring and, and, and getting into scoring positions. But it's like we're playing too cautious at home. And when we're away, we, we're trying to do that, uh, you know, being cautious. But then we get almost like too reckless away from home, which is shooting ourselves in the foot. I think we also a bit flat as well. We don't have a pace in our attack. It's just we have a bombing. Like I said, as a bit, you know, as a bit few yards, you can make some quick yards on him. But I mean, we don't have like that third type of, you know, guy on the other side that, you know, can give the defender something to think about. Like, think, flip, I can't bomb forward. This guy's going to attack me continuously and add a bit of skill and whooping across. We don't have that at the moment. And then we had now uh, the. You know, after the Christmas celebrations, we had the Boxing Day, the uh, you know annual Boxing Day fixture, where we visited Brighton at the Amex Stadium. Again, Brighton start taking the game to Brighton, take the lead in the seventh minute after great work by Lacazette, hold up play, and the layoff was fantastic, and the finish was also good by Aubameyang. What's What's your take on that offside before that goal? You know, are they? were scrutinizing whether, you know, like I said, it was offside before the whole thing led up to the goal. I don't know, because for me, I just saw bodies. Because, you know, when that ball was about to break, look, when he cut inside the, the Brighton box, I did not actually see, you know what, I mean, I'm not going to try the, the Wenger, I did not see mm-hmm. But <laughs> I didn't see, I mean, I just, I, my focus was just, uh, like I said, being surrounded by three players and then him doing this little drag back and, and, and the little dribble and then he just laid the ball off to Aubameyang already pulled himself into open space. Because, I mean, it was also... I mean, I, I get the, the gripe that some people are getting with uh, possibly that being offside, but, you know, with the defending again on the flip side, the defending by Brighton was also shocking because I think... Ra- I'm not sure if it was Ramsey or Ozil or somebody, but they were actually standing... Open with that ball. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, recall, I, recall, I do recall that. I do recall that. And then, um, you know, it was then again of, of the. It's almost like becoming Groundhog Day. It was mm-hmm. a, a case of taking a foot of the gas after taking the lead. Uh, you know, sloppy defending, wasteful finishing, because I mean, there were chances in between, you know, the, 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 the two goals of the game. Uh, then 35 minutes, we concede. A simple long ball. I mean, what was for me criminal in that game? We lose that ball from our corner. Yeah. And the ball gets played out. And uh, what was that guy's name? Proper. Proper. Yeah. Daniel. Uh, David Proper. Just uh, just looks up, sees uh, that Locadia guy bursting forward. It's a, you know, nothing fancy. Just an old-fashioned route one ball. Ball gets, you know, boop. Booted over the halfway line. Only guy at the back is um, Lichsteiner, who totally misjudges the ball. And, you know, later on, I think I was listening to one of the pundits discussing that goal. 
I think they said it would have actually made more sense. I mean, of course, it's your natural instinct to try to edit the ball. But, I mean, you must be sure also what you're doing because uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know if it was Michael Owen or somebody that said that header that he does, it actually takes the ball into that Locarius path because he's already, you know, on the run, waiting for yeah. the error or, or the ball to run through. Because I said, you know, it would have actually made more sense letting that ball get that, that second or first or second bounce and then using that to, you know, get yourself goal side and, you know, almost like somehow jockey the player. But it was like with that, it took the, the, the ball in Locardia's stride. Of course, the ball was already played at pace. Locardia had it. Lucian was never going to turn and sprint to catch up. Uh, Leno comes out, you know, in typical goalkeeper fashion. I mean, I, call, I, mean, I saw many people blaming him, but I mean, for me, it's typical goalkeeper uh, mannerism to come out to try to slide the ball away. And Locadia just, you know, flicks it past him and rolls the ball into an empty net 1 1. And back to, you know, back to square one again with the, our problems that we have. I think Uzel was a big factor in the goal because that Locadia was his man. And you just saw Uzel stop chasing him. Like, if Uzel had to chase him, I mean, I'm not saying. Uzo would have kept up with him, but you know, just be there by him, you know, hassle him, hassle him, even if you commit a foul or something like that. But Uzo just watched him run. And I think that was the story that broke the camel's back. And when I think at halftime, Emre reeled him off. And I think we conceded the exact same kind of goal against Bournemouth. I don't even remember mm-hmm. how they also broke from our corner and they equalized. And we keep on conceding in that space before halftime, like 10 minutes, five minutes before halftime. And I mean, look, that's already another... we 19 games into the season. That's the 25th goal we conceded already. I think, I think what's happening now is, like, I don't want to make excuses, but we don't have that um, solid back four we had anymore. You know, we also conceded goals previously, but we looked more assured with the Rob Holding and Socrates or Rob Holding, Mustafi, Mustafi, Socrates. We had a constant back four, but now it's like there's an old chop and change. We don't know if... Who's going to play left-back? Who's going to play right-back? It's, it's, it's a lot of confusion. There's no uh, time for continuity at all. And, you know, uh, this is, look, don't not get me wrong, but I've, I, I just find uh, Emery went almost like into a mini-meltdown at halftime. I mean, I know his subs have been saving us throughout the season and, and stuff like that, but, you know, now it's almost like you must start thinking more critically now of how things are going because, I mean, for me, yes, fine. Ozil had to be sub, but I... This, this, the sense of bringing on Iwobi, when when the real problem was we were not creative in the middle of the park. You understand? I mean, yeah. I no, I but I just think the the, the Brighton game we, we could have really had a go at them, but I mean you had to take it like from the heart of midfield because there was nothing coming because all Quinduzi uh, uh, was doing breaking up play, Ortereiro was doing breaking up play, and the odd little ball is is pushing forward, but he's not like driving the team forward, whereas. You know, somebody like Ramsey, you know, something somebody that's skillful, but also strong. That I think that is what we needed at the time. Because for me, it was only like uh, Iwobi was running into dead ends every time. There. Was uh-huh. All he was doing was just running out wide and running himself into corners where he had to end up, you know, forcing to play the ball back to Colosina to whoever was in support of him. I don't know why we took off, um, like I said, for Ramsey. I mean, we could have used, like I said, the Palming and Ramsey on the pitch at the same time. I mean, they could have t- brought, taken off someone else because at one. I don't know why they're taking, like I said, off all the time because he's the type of striker that he can score a goal out of nothing. We saw what he did against Liverpool when we played them. Like, no one expected that to happen. So, 
I think by taking off Lacazette, you're also taking that, you know, that element of surprise strike that can, you know, make something out of nothing off on the field. And yeah, because I mean, <laughs> like, if you take the game into perspective now, for me, Lacazette up to then no, was was doing actually more, offering more to the team than what Aubameyang was doing because it was more like Aubameyang was just drifting or drifting himself out of the game barely. Because look, he was even trying to get involved, but still the game was passing him by. So I mean. <laughs> Like as it was holding the ball up, getting other people involved around him, or trying to, you know, hold it with his back to goal, hold the ball up, turn, and then go at them. But I mean, for me, nothing came, and 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 it's always like he, uh, like as it's being hauled off instead of it should have been Aubameyang because he was offering nothing. For me, Aubameyang, yes, he's a top scorer in the Premier League, but he's still not doing enough for me. I know maybe something highly critical and. People may be disagreeing with what I'm saying, but even look at it, he's putting the tough chances away, fair enough, almost like Giroud was. But when it comes to those easy one-on-ones that Aubameyang missed, he could have made that 2-0 at the game, and I think that could have put the game out of sight. When Brighton at that time was still on the ropes, and he missed the one-on-one. And I think, like you said now, I think Aubameyang should be the one also that needs to start getting the hook now, because it seems like he's also coasting, and like he's getting the goals, but it seems like he's also coasting as well. Because I mean, there's been numerous games this season, especially if you if you take now games where we now have have drawn, you know, drawn or even maybe like the odd loss. But I, I think more like those draw uh, games that were drawn. Because I'm I'm just going now back the Palace game. He had clear cut chances to kill that game off early. Yeah, that that uh, Bournemouth game was almost like too close to call for no reason because that was also another game that could have been signed sealed early. The game at the Emirates against Huddersfield should not have just been 1-0. There should have been way more goals in there. But, uh, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm no, 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 I was going to say, I feel also Aubameyang is not stepping up in the big games. Like, okay, yes, okay, Spurs, Spurs aside, he did do very well. But when you look at United at Old Trafford, he was a peripheral figure. And even Spy shocked me when he kept up with Aubameyang. If you look at Liverpool game as well, yeah, he had his moments. He gave Alexander Arnold a tough time. But if you're thinking of the amount of money we paid for Aubameyang, yes, yeah, don't get me wrong, he's putting the goals away. But you think he's the type of player that, you know, like in the theory on Remold, I don't want to compare the two, but when you take the game with the scruff of the neck as well, not just, you know, darting in the box for your late tap-ins, but you also want the guy to rally the troops and start taking the game and carrying the team sometimes when the chips are down, like Harry Kane does with Spurs at times. Because, I mean, at the moment, we've now, you know, we we, we heard now, at the start of the season, we've got now this spine, you know, that runs from goalkeeper through defence, midfield and up front. But at the moment, it's like every department is almost like letting us down. Like, the forwards aren't, you know, banging enough goals as they should. I mean, we're getting the goals, we're getting s- certain results, not all. But I mean, there are games that we should be seeing off easier than, you know, what, what you're seeing on paper. And then, of course, like I said, the midfield, that, that's another headache where the holding mids are trying to be cams at the moment. And and you've got like a defense that are uh, it's like being chopped and changed every week. So there's no continuity there. Some people are being play, played out of position there. And so we're all over the place there as well. So... I don't know where where the point comes where we're gonna actually you know pull ourselves together, you know, have it uh, defense at least somehow fit for a period of games, not just chopping and changing the whole time. 
Because, I mean, I'm all for squad rotation, but, I mean, at, at, at one point, it's actually starting to get ridiculous now. Our players are being just shifted around. What, what scares me now is if we go back to when we played Liverpool at the Emirates, right? The two of us discussed and we were fairly confident. We, would, we were happy with the draw, but we were fairly confident, you know, Arsenal could hold up with the Liverpool. But now we're going to Liverpool and Anfield now and we look like two different sides again. Like, we look like a complete different side, like the one that is playing Liverpool, uh, playing Liverpool at the Emirates. And Liverpool also look a complete different side now. They look actually up for it. They look like they can't wait to get on the field. And for me, I'm quite scared, to be honest with you. You know, Aiden, I just wanted to read you this little stat, okay? Arsenal, since beating Spurs, draw, win, loss, win, draw. Tottenham Hotspur since, since losing to Arsenal, 1-1-1-1. You see, well, you see, the, uh, it actually almost like erases just what we did against Tottenham. Yeah, all that hard work out the window. I mean, that four points against, you know, United and Spurs, it's, it's for nothing now. Mm. I mean, to throw against Brighton uh, and lose to Southampton... I mean, that's, that's unacceptable. I mean, we are not in the tight top four, but it's, it's heating up. Spurs is pulling away. Now City's our closest rival besides Chelsea now. And I mean, you don't want to be in a, a straight shootout with City. So now Chelsea's become the only team that we need to try to play catch-up with. And now they almost have a, a three-point I think it's a three points, uh, in yeah. on us with us playing now Liverpool today. So they could make it six. And I mean, they they <laughs> to a stage now also where... They're pulling out almost like they're that Tottenham type of form at the moment where they, you know, they're grinding out games or they're actually wearing teams down. And it's something that, you know, we showed strongly in the first 10, 15 games where we were now, you know, pushing and whatever, getting results where we want. But now it's almost like the results have now flipped totally on us now. So, I, I mean, it's not like, do we now, you know, hold out for the January window now? Because, I mean, I don't know how we're going to, take it on from here because you're going to have that game then it's again like a possible winnable game against Fulham on New Year's Day but uh, I don't know it's, it's a tough call oh yeah and as still back on the on the the game on uh, versus Brighton you know or, or something that really stood out for me in that, that, that last quarter of the game you know Brighton actually looked way more up for it for the three points than us because I think uh, here's a stat I just jotted down. Arsenal's second shot on target in the Brighton game came in the 67th minute. Wow. I didn't know that, but that's quite alarming, actually. Because they said the last, when I was checking the stats, it was that goal of Aubameyang, seventh minute. The second uh, shot, or <coughs> recent shot that we had in, in the first Arsenal was in the 30th minute. And then after that, Nothing. And then second half, as I said, 67 minutes was the, the next opportunity to test the keeper. So what were they doing in that other time? We are lacking creativity quite badly. I don't know. You would think they make more chances with the likes of a bombing and like I said, on together on the field. But it just seems that it's not working. And I mean, uh, I had a look at the, the other day now, or yesterday actually, uh, they had some photos again of the Arsenal players, you know, training, preparing for the Anfield game or the trip to Anfield now. And, you know, as much as I was trying to 
you know, be upbeat or whatever. You know, it actually angered me when I saw, you know, people like Obama Young and them giggling and, and having a, a laugh at it. And I'm thinking, you know, I would like you guys to be more in the zone now. I mean, this game is going to be, you know, the last real big game of 2018 for us. So, I mean, at least it has got with a bang and not, you know, almost like humiliate ourselves. Look, uh, I do feel that it's going to be probably one of the toughest challenges. I mean, Liverpool now can sniff that, you know. They need the three points for the title race. And I think maybe Arsenal should maybe play on that kind of pressure that, you know, Liverpool will want to win the game. We, we just say we're happy to take it through, but we can almost, if we can sneak a goal and try to hold you guys out and let them start forcing things. So I, I really hope the guys are focused and, you know, don't take that mentality of the trading, how they're playing around and it um, backfires in the game again. Just think of also that, that, that uh, somewhat, I mean, uh, of course, I can't stand the guy. But, I mean, just look at, at the way Mourinho set out against us. He knew that the pressure was on him Yeah. going into that, that game at Old Trafford. And he set up a team that was going to frustrate us and they already knew where and when we're going to be vulnerable. And that is what they exploited. And I think that is something that Embry has to do or have his team set out for. Because, look, Anfield are going to be rocking that, that uh, no, uh, the, the, what do you call it, that copy. Okay. They're going to be buzzing already. And, I mean, you know when you hear that, that you never walk alone and that the whole place is going to be buzzing. So, I mean, for me, you know, really frustrate that the own team which is going to, of course, seep into the crowd. So I think that's the only out, you know, at the moment, you know, it's almost like playing uh, damage limitation of us. So for me, it's just like my take is, look, I don't see, uh, you know, maybe you could you could sneak a win, but uh, it's all down to frustrate, frustrate, frustrate. That is the only way we're going to, you know, somehow get something to uh, against them. Because, you know, the more we can, if we can play a more compact game in defense, more compact, more discipline, uh, solid uh, you know, holding mids in, in, in midfield, you know, not letting anything loose come through there. Just focus on it. And then you have maybe a runner, like say uh, Obama Yang, or you have a Lacazette, just as a runner, because you never know that the chance comes through. But, you know, you know you're going to frustrate Liverpool so much, they're going to probably be trying to shove all 10 infield players of these into our off type of thing to get, you know, to get some sort of breakthrough. If we're going to, fl- you know, like frustrate them, flood everything. And that's the only thing I... Uh, only uh, way I think we can, you know, get at least a point out of it. I mean, uh, even for I mean, getting a, stealing a three points from them wouldn't be bad either. But I'm, uh, you know, I'm not looking that far ahead. But I'm just saying, for us right now, with all our injury, like you know, you have to take the injuries perspective and all that. I just think, you know, just play a more disciplined game. Don't be reckless. I mean, we've been. You can be adventurous, like if you're playing one of the other teams, you know, the lower uh, ranked teams. But I think Liverpool is a well-oiled unit at the moment. So we have to be very careful because, look, they've got one of the most lethal front three. So, you know, you, we wonder, wouldn't want to give them the freedom of Anfield now, would we? Yeah, I, I think we, we we have to be very switched on. We can't afford any gifts because Liverpool don't need gifts at the moment. They, you saw how they carved United Open as well. So they don't need any gifts. And I think... Uh, Emre needs to set out his team well with a plan and they have to stick to it. Because I mean, the... that, yeah, uh, that is where I'm, I'm really interested to see what sort of work we have done. Because look, I was always somebody who could be highly critical of Wenger, you know, if, if we didn't do our homework before a game. 
Whereas now, I think, you know, I'll also be highly critical. As You know, as much as looking at the guys new on the job and that, but for me, it's also like this is the sort of game. You know that players have it in them, but it's just do or does he get that, that sort of discipline out of them that, that is needed? Because I just think more discipline, the team has the quality. We can nick something even if it's a point or whatever, but I just think discipline is going to be the order of the day for us. That's all, discipline. It, it has to be, because if you look at the past few goals that we've conceded, it hasn't been a, a, a moment of brilliance from the opposition. You know, that Townsend volley that happened against City, it wasn't anything like that. The goals we've conceded is this lapse of concentration, and that's it. It's not, we haven't been torn apart or anything like that. It's just players are making stupid individual decisions, and that's affecting the team in the, as a whole. Yeah. I mean, I, I just hope now, you know, we get something out of it because for me it could also be you know lead us into good state going into the new year especially with a Fulham game then coming up so and it will also be at home and that so you know you know you know fingers crossed they're getting at least four points out of the next two games I mean I would be over the moon like that I think a, a lot of people would be happy with the four I mean this shows how Arsenal have gone backwards and Liverpool have gone forwards over over the years, no fault to ever. Obviously, it's just what's been happening, the decline over the years. But before going to Anfield, we would be the ones going for the three points and, like, you know, able to, you know, take it to Liverpool. But now we're going there as the team that's, you know, trying not to get punished or going for the one point. No, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'm somebody that you know me long enough to know. I normally try to look for whatever positives I can out of. You know, game. Yeah. But for me, it's I just gotten to a point where I I just don't like that that fact of the you know that that where I told you the playfulness and stuff like that in training. They they have it in their knock they lock it to get something out of it. But it's all down to you know really really listening to the coach when he tells you to do something you do it and don't you know do your own thing. I mean, uh, we you know like say we uh, Mendozi or, or Torreira. You know, when they want to start, you know, venturing forward, look, it's normally natural instinct. You want to get in on the act. But I mean, then it, it takes somebody like a Cossialni or Socrates to say, listen, stay back. Yeah. Go, you know, because look, they are going to also try that, that type of ploy that we did also early on in the season where we start knocking the ball around and try to start luring people out of their positions to open that space for uh, others. So that is where we should also be careful today. I don't even. I don't even know if I trust Koscielny on the field today against the likes of Mo Salah, Mane, and Firmino. Uh, I don't know if they should, should should risk playing a guy. I don't know who they should slot in there, but I go. I, 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 I get nervous thinking of Koscielny coming up I against mean, those. The only, thing I, the only positive I can really see with an old defensive setup is if if you know. Uh, Emery has really done his homework that, that, you know, where he knows, look, this is where they're going to hurt us if we're going to get reckless. That's where they're going to hurt us if we, you know, just decide to go, of, uh, you know, go on a walkabout up front. That, as long as he's done his homework, because look, they said he is a very finicky uh, coach. He does, you know, really analyze and overanalyze, uh, you know, weaknesses in his team or the weakness of the opponent. So I just hope that is now the, the main thing that, you know, because <clears throat> for me, at the end of the day, he can actually win this game. You know, the, in the battle of wits with, with Klopp, he can win this game just the way he set out the team and if the team plays according to his blueprint. 
I, I think also that guys must be motivated to, you know, I know it's a long way to go, but I, I, we need to end any hopes of Liverpool being the invincibles. Mm. So I think motivation enough as well for Arsenal to say, look, we're not going to win the league, but we're going to stop it from winning it this way. Okay, so I will make a draw a line on this podcast now. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed. Hope you like. Hope you share. Because I mean, especially sharing the podcast also helps us grow. Because I mean, we want to also be there and push out eventually also newer stuff for next year or next year. We on the on the knocking on the door of twenty nineteen. So I wish you all the best. We're gonna do a podcast probably uh, in one or two days time again. Because we want to do a, a, you know, analyzing player performances, uh, maybe review or and rate the coach going into halfway in the season. So I just hope you guys have an awesome weekend, a fantastic new year. We probably we might see you guys second of January. Why do a podcast in? So I hope you guys come back, listen, and help us grow the podcast and share. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, guys. Take care and stay safe on the roads. Eh?